Hello there and welcome to episode 13 of the Weightlift and Die podcast. My other half, Jordan, the die, the Weightlift and Die has just turned up, thank God. Hi, I was actually checking there to see if we had any mixers in the fridge because uh, there's a bottle of gin in the cupboard and I was thinking of cracking open because we're out of wine. Nice. There aren't any. There's almond milk, which I, I mean, oh. I, that's not a fucking mixer, is it? God. Um, yeah, apologies for us not being uh, about for... All of you thousands and thousands of people that listen to this every uh, every week. Um, unfortunately, Mike and I have been preoccupied having fun over the Christmas period. Yeah, um, we've been MIA for a few weeks, so we're sorry about that. But unfortunately, we were either blind drunk or, well, recovering from a hangover. And we just didn't have the facilities, the minerals to do this podcast. And look, a lot of weightlifters will be listening to this thinking, weightlifting, alcohol, they don't come together. Yeah, well, most weightlifters are boring fucks. And you've got to fucking enjoy yourself sometimes, haven't you? You've got to let your hair down. Yeah, because life's worth living, mate. And it's December. Like, look, my, my philosophy is for 11 months of the year, you can switch on. And there's one month that is a non-negotiable party month. That's December. And that's the month of December. It's, Noel, Noel. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Just it actually is, mate. And do you know what, right? I've I found... Obviously, when I was younger, loved Christmas, loved everything that it, was, uh, it stood for, you know, presents and all that bollocks. Yeah. And then I felt a massive lull towards Christmas through probably my early teens and even late teens for that matter. In the training? Uh, not necessarily. I think basically you realize as you get older that the presents sort of dissipate yeah. and what you thought you loved about Christmas... Um, no longer becomes as fun. You know, you don't enjoy opening presents as much or whatever. No, it's uh, more about the getting together, isn't it? Yeah, but which you don't enjoy when you're young. No. But no. now I've realised, and I'm starting to really feel my Christmas spirit, early doors. You know, I'm talking like the, the, the calendar hits December, it hits the 12 month of the year, and I'm starting, to, I'm starting to get the festive fever. I'm starting to feel like Christmas is in the horizon, and I'm starting to look at my calendar and look at, you know, every week is packed with some really fun shit to do. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, it does take the toll on the, uh, on the immune system and just everyday health. Um, the body starts developing spots and aches that were no longer, you know, that, that weren't there in the month of November. But it's a very worthy trade-off to just fucking have a knees up and enjoy yourself. Would you yeah. agree with that? I 100% agree, Jordan. Without December, there is, there is no year for us, is there? Well, it'd be a pretty morbid year. It would be. Uh, December is the exclamation, exclamation mark. I'll try that again. Exclamation mark of the year. Yeah. Year, exclamation mark. The exclamation mark is the December, if that makes any sense. That makes no sense. But you get my drift. <laughs> but it does bring us on nicely to, you know, we've written down, last, the last podcast, this is episode 13, episode 12 was a few weeks ago, uh, three weeks ago. Yep. Um, we were going to do one last week, but, uh, you know, shit happens. Um, and we've written what been 
God, Mike, you are fucking so dyslexic. <laughs> what been up to Xmas, Christmas, best times? <laughs> that's what we've written <laughs> down. And that's basically how we're going to open it. So, um, you know, the shit we've been up to has been fun. And I'm sure it's relatable for a lot of people. And if it's not relatable and, you know, you don't drink and you train hard. If it, oh, I tell you what we can talk about. What? Off the bat. Go on. Training on Christmas Day. Oh, Christ. Yeah. So... I think I put out some sort of meme on Christmas Day being like, if you train on Christmas Day, you deserve to go to a breeze seminar because that's a cardinal sin. You deserve to die. You, you deserve to go to two back-to-back breeze seminars. Oof. Yeah. Well, think about that. <laughs> you deserve to go to a breeze weekend workshop away. John, right? John, you're taking a bit far now, mate. I, no, mate, I feel very strongly about this. On Christmas Day, Christmas Day is for about see, spending time with your loved ones. And, look, a lot of people will say, yeah, well, I enjoy training. Training is, is, is the enjoyable part of my day. Well, look, have a fucking mulled wine and spend time with your family and then tell me what you think. What, what if they haven't got a family? Uh, well, <laughs> then we're touching on a different bit of ground, aren't we? Um, one that I can't relate to, but empathise with. But what I will say is, I'm sure you've got some friends and loved ones that you can be around with on Christmas and go to the pub and enjoy yourself there. Um, if you haven't got any friends, then that's indicative of you're a bit of a loser, and then it makes sense where you want to train. Um, but the point is, and also, I don't even mind people who go to the gym and train on Christmas Day and do it behind the scenes. But my view is, people who put it on Instagram on Christmas Day and, and you know, flex, um, mm. flex that they're training on Christmas Day are the same people that will film themselves giving to homeless people. Yeah, um, 100% agree. They, they are people. You are simply doing it to say, you know, the grind never stops. I fucking work harder than everyone else. It's like, mate, just have a beer. Just enjoy yourself. You're not impressing anyone. I would be far more impressed with a nice picture of you around the table with, with your loved ones. I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd think, yeah, good, good on you. Not in the gym. No. Not in the gym. Christmas. Oh, it, uh, people do do this. We've seen this over a number of years that people think they're better than everyone else by doing this, Work, working that extra one day. But it's like, you work hard all year. What, why do you feel the need to shout to everyone that you're still working hard? Like, just suffer in silence like the rest of us and just spend time with your loved ones it's well, Christmas one thing we do and we've done this for many many years now is Boxing Day squats Boxing Day squats um, and this is more I would say of uh, self-inflicting pain on yourself um, the day after Christmas you've obviously had a belly full a lot of food a lot of booze you've had a long day you wake up the next morning you're hungover you're, um, your cholesterol is at fucking hundred um, and then in the morning we go max out our back squat. Yeah, and we have done for six, seven years in a row now. Yeah. Um, and then we always spend Boxing Day together on the piss. It's a good, it's a good tradition. It's a great tradition. It's good fun. Yeah. And I think everyone should adopt that tradition. Did we put it on Instagram? No. No, because what are you doing it for? We're doing it because it's fun. Yeah. Uh, we're not doing it to say, you know, we're working on Boxing Day. Um, you know, well, I, I mean, I didn't put it on Instagram as well because uh, I squatted like a fucking bag of spanners, but that's besides the point. Um, you know, but that's a nice tradition we've had. Um, yep. Christmas Eve has always been typically a bit of a bigger night than Christmas Day for me. Um, I actually gave my mum quite a funny card this year saying, um, sorry for ruining Christmas with my hangover again. And I was on the front of the card. Um, but I swore to her this year that that would not be the case. Um, and was it? 
Oh uh, yeah, it is a funny video which we'll probably put on the Instagram of me um, vegetated on um, my girlfriend's <laughs> uh, uh, kitchen floor um, at, at sort of one a.m. in the morning um, on Christmas morning. Um, but a few Christmases ago, I went to Meg's house. Uh, it was the first Christmas I'd spent with her, and on Christmas Eve, uh, stayed at my dad's house and. We drank a lot of wine and I got completely blackout drunk and then woke up the next morning. And you know when you wake up early and it's Christmas morning, like, you know, Meg obviously woke me up about 7 a.m. We'd gone to bed at 2, still very much pissed and went downstairs and my old man had obviously got us like this big bottle of um, champagne and we were having Bucks Fizz first thing. And then I thought, right, well, I'm still drunk, no hangover. Um, it's a Christmas miracle. It's time to carry on the enthusiasm of drinking from the night before. Um, did maybe a bit too much. And I had one responsibility on Christmas day that day. Um, well, two. First one was to make it to Meg's parents' house for Christmas dinner. And the second was I was cooking a joint of beef uh, for the family. That's quite, um, quite the responsibility. Yeah. Um, and I was so drunk that I completely fucked up the beef in the morning, <laughs> took it to the family dinner. They cooked so much food because they knew I was a big eater. And then I fell asleep at the table um, on Christmas day um, and then fell asleep on the, they've got like a big sofa in the living room, woke up at 7 p.m. and all the kids were running around um, or sitting and opening their presents on the floor. And because I was splayed out on the sofa, I had taken the sofa space from everyone in the family um, and it was just a terrible ordeal, and I haven't really heard the end of it. Uh, so this, in, you know, in that respect, this Christmas has been a really big success for me. Yeah, you're doing really well. Um, well done. Thanks, man. <laughs> Thanks. But um, anyway, enough of Christmas, because I mean, the idea was that this was going to be a Christmas special, but we didn't do it on. We didn't do it before Christmas, so it's, we're considering this a 2023 special. Um, yeah, a, round, a roundup of the year without rounding up the year. So, our first topic. Real topic is weightlifting related, believe it or not. Sorry. Um, and we're going to talk, we, it's a question we had in from the public. Um, hang about, let me, um, let me get the question button. How did this happen? That's a very good question. It's not a very good question, but it is a question nonetheless. Um, it basically talks about, it says, discuss the differences between masters lifting, uh, like a European masters and a European youth and juniors. Why is the youth and juniors funded, but not the masters? And, and sort of discuss the provenance of each of those categories of lifting, I guess. And Mike, uh, you're probably more articulate to discuss this than I am, so you crack on, Sam. Yeah, so I, I think you look at a, a masters competition, they have to self-fund to go to these competitions. Like recently, there was a world masters in Florida, and our good friend Charlie Stone lifted. And, he and his lifter? And his lifter. Who won a gold? Yeah, and Charlie won a bronze, I'm going to say, a World Masters bronze, yeah. which is fucking fantastic. But they had to crowdfund in order to get there um, because British weightlifting and all the home nations wouldn't fund the Masters weightlifting. So I guess this person asking this question is asking, why, why is that the case? And for me, it's a case of you fund your youth, you fund your junior section, because that should bleed into the senior section where they're winning medals at Olympics, hopefully, or attending world championships, meddling at Europeans. But it's all to do with feeding the seniors because the senior setup is where it, it, it 
well, the be all end all of, of sport in the UK. I'm not. I'm not going to call masters weightlifting like the soccer aid of, of football. <laughs> but but uh, well, it's like a lot. You, have you had your, you've had your time, haven't you? A lot of them are ex lifters who are just sort of trying to keep it all going, which is cool. Mate, not in the, the UK. World. In the UK, you get you get lifters who are now right. Okay, I'm out of the seniors, so now I'm competitive because if That's these less if, people, if the uh, less people. First, but mm. secondly, if those other athletes carry on doping the way they've been doping through their senior career, gonna they're going to be fucking brown bread and six feet under by the time they're 40. So they've got to stop doping. And, they, and the, once they stop doping, all of a sudden our British athletes are competitive and they're winning, they're winning medals. Yeah. You know, um, also the, the load and strain that these, these um, ex-lifters uh, who are now masters from other countries have gone through, uh, it's taken a huge toll on their, um, you know, on their joints and whatever. One thing I will say I love about the Masters is you get to see some split snatches and some split cleans and some pretty outrageous um, types of lifting and some outrageous fucking singlets. Oh, vintage singlets from back in the day. They bring out bloody hell. I've seen some cool shit. If you really want to, cool shit. If you want to see some old man nipples, watch a bit of European Masters lifting because uh, if you listen to this, you won't see what I'm doing, but I'm basically they, they, they have them cut inside and they show the nipple off really well. Also, big shout out to Big Dog Coffee, who have just opened a shop in Blackwood. Yep. So if you live in the London area, it's about two and a half hours to Blackwood. Yeah, about um, Make you travel over there. Incredible coffee. It's worth a trip. But yeah, just to round up what Mike is saying about that, um, I will agree with you. I think basically youth and junior is funded because it is, a, it is exactly what they call it. It's a pathway. Um, it is a pathway. It leads you to a senior, um, which is where they, they get most of their funding from they get their funding from senior medals so they need to invest in what underpins that which is youth and junior and no disrespect to masters but that does not by any means underpin um the 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 aspect of weightlifting that actually gets them funding which is the senior yeah um but yeah enough of that um on to the next topic which is an Instagram related topic. Yeah, something I wrote down. So I wrote down, you don't crop your videos on Instagram. And it does my fucking editing. I'm not going to lie. Like, you know, when you're scrolling through your phone, you're going to watch some of your friends doing a bit of weightlifting because it pops up on your Instagram. Brilliant. But then they don't crop the bit where they, they walk up to the bar, they grip there, and you, you're watching, waiting for the story to end, and it skips to the next story. So it's been 15 seconds. And I've, I still haven't seen a fucking lift fucking drives me insane. Like, mm. I just want to unfollow that person. I, I don't want to see your content anymore. It, That's a very aggressive way of looking at it. They really... It doesn't really, really bother me that much. Does it not? No, quite like, like seeing the preamble. Depends, really. Yeah, but... You're uh, boring fuck. But here's the point. They must crop these videos, right? Because... Otherwise, you'd see them pressing the camera button, walking away, then walking to the bar. Yeah, that's a very good point, actually, Mike. They obviously see value in, in other people seeing their sort of preamble. Um, and no one does anything that cool. I don't see anyone doing any like, cool jumps or backflips before a lift. No. I'd like to see that. I'd, I'd watch that before a lift. No. Well, anything really. Um, anything remotely exciting. Um, but weightlifting isn't that exciting, so it's difficult. No. It's difficult to jazz it all up, isn't it? Um, but I agree. Uh, for the interest of maybe your engagement on Instagram, probably be worth cropping a little bit more. Um, doing a bit more crop. Um, maybe chuck a cool filter on there every now and then, you know, or maybe put like a cool, uh, you know, you could put masks on your face and stuff. 
a, a filter. Oh, oh, like the, like a like a Snapchat filter. Yeah, right. <laughs> I think that would be a bit more exciting. Yeah, that would be a bit more exciting. Yeah, I'm trying to think what else would make it exciting. Maybe some sense of danger. Like if you hurt yourself, definitely put that video up. Or maybe put a few little captions in the in the video. Yeah, maybe talk about what you're thinking about right right at that moment. Mm. Like walking to the bar, I'm really scared. Um, I want to leave the gym. But also, like if you've got a reputation as someone who floods their Instagram with their fucking shit. Um, no one's no one's gonna, no one's watching that shit. Like uh, Chris Speed, no offense, mate. I love you to bits. Uh, well, I don't love you to bits. I, I, I like I like you. You're a good guy. You're okay. Um, but um, fucking hell, like your Instagram sometimes looks like a fucking uh, scissor cutter fucking thing. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like fuck me. Um, I I glaze right over that. In fact, I don't I don't even click through. I just swipe. Um, it's too long. Sometimes he puts some very informative stuff on there, which I do enjoy. And I like his Q&As. Um, but the video shit of you doing all these mad fucking stupid hops and all that. Um, you know, you're jumping on from one leg to two leg to three leg. And it's like... I think that's cool. Yeah, you I, like I, that? I, I would do, though. You wouldn't. No, maybe because I can't jump. Uh, that could be part of it. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes... It gets a bit much. It does get a bit much. Also, I've I've trained with him a few times, and here's a little spoiler for for uh, those who are interested in K Speed. Um, he does one jump or something, puts it on Instagram, and then moves on to the next one. He ain't doing sets and reps. I, I'm calling you out, Chris Speed. You do not do sets and reps of the shit you put out on your Instagram. But uh, if you're interested in coaching, Ronan, uh, pretty you know, very very good people and. Uh, Mr. Big Friday, good friend of ours. He's he's yeah. also a coach in Ronin. They uh, they sponsor the pod. Yeah, proud sponsors of the podcast, and they're also sponsoring the weightlifting die open close team deathmatch weightlifting competition, which will be held held um, in uh, the Rico Arena. Just just confirmed. Can just can can now confirm it's in the Rico Arena in March. That's so far away for us. It's not in the Rico Arena. We have actually got um, some locations that we're discussing. Um, so it is happening guys it is don't, actually don't, happening don't think it's not happening don't think it's a scam just because I said it's the Rico Arena it's not a scam and but it's like, only 30, like 30 to 50 pound to enter this this shit takes a lot of planning we've, we've come to realise pyrotechnics you actually need a licence for yeah. so we're uh, working around that and you also, we also need a booze licence which we're working out yeah we're going we're gonna to do it properly so stay tuned it is happening please send us your money yeah, and bring your own booze. Um, BYO. Oh, anyway, right. This is probably the main headline of uh, the podcast. Um, this is going to be our clickbait. Um, we've got the Riddler here with us today. And he is going to give us a riddle for both of us to solve together. It's so exciting because it's, it's, this is a New Year's special and he's going to be here every week with us every, in some capacity to week. give us a riddle. And with that being said, can I please welcome the Riddler to come here and speak it into the microphone, okay? Because we have a riddle. I haven't got a riddle. Mike haven't got a riddle. But the Riddler... Has a riddle. Come into the camera because they're going to be watching this as well. Hello, I'm Tom. The Riddler. The Riddler. Very nice to be here. And also just wanted to say that, Michaela Breeze, I like what you do. I like your work. <laughs> and sometimes I think these guys give you a hard time. But you go for it, girl. Keep going. Right. Oh, Ready for it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Go on, then, Tom. Go on. 
if Apple was to make a car, what would it not have? If Apple was to make a car, what would it not have? If Apple was to make a car, what would it not have? Oh, God. It sounds more like a joke than a riddle. Sort of in between. Oh, God. What sort of riddle are you? Um, okay, so... Uh, no, no, no. Don't fucking bait for a clue just yet. We haven't even got there yet. We haven't even got there. Think about it. Apple. What are they renowned for? They're a brand. They're a brand. <laughs> All right, they're who, a brand. Who are their competitors? Google. Android. Microsoft. Bill, Bill Gates. Gates. They wouldn't have Bill, Bill Gates. Gates. Would they not have a they Pfizer vaccine? Wouldn't. They wouldn't have Windows. Ah! Oh. Ah! Oh. Oh. You said it too early, man. We could have we could have got there in the end. Riddler out. Riddler out. Ah, <laughs> oh, thank you, Riddler. It's a pleasure, mate. Honestly, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, right, the Riddler will be joining us every week. Um, the Apple car would not have windows. And just to explain that to all of you um, uh, special folks. Te Technophobes. Um, basically, windows are the direct competitor of Apple, or were for some time, and therefore Apple would obviously not have uh, windows in their car. Windows meaning two things in this case. Uh, windows being... Uh, windows, uh, like Windows Movie Maker and all that sort of thing. But in this case of the car, the window, the transparent thing that protects us from water, but also allows light to come in. There we are. Fucking hell. That was a good riddle. That was a good riddle. That was a good riddle. Better than his fucking riddles that he normally throws out. Oh, mate, no. Yours, yours is shite. You, you, you don't even have your own. That's like, two weeks on the bounce now. I you? had a riddle. Two weeks on the bounce. We weren't even fucking here last week, cheeky prick. Yeah, we were, but we were singing drunk in your, yeah. in your kitchen. Yeah, we were. we were. We wrote a song about Seb Ostrovich, which we're not going to hear yeah, because we, it was at two in, two in the morning and we were very drunk. And uh, <laughs> Seb, I'll show you personally, and it, it's not personal. Um, it's actually quite offensive. Really, we're really sorry. Or is it, eh? <laughs> anyway, moving on. We, we have got a little bit of news um, just to tie us in. Uh, Lu Xiaojun has been popped for um, a plethora of steroids. <laughs> he got. He actually got popped for EPO. I don't know what that is. Um, it's what like the cyclists might use. It's it's an endurance thing, which I don't I don't understand. Ironic. Oh, oh. Lu. Oh, well. Oh, Lu Xiaojing is that he just walked <laughs> yeah. in the studio? Oh my God! It's a it's a weightlifting die exclusive. Um, He's Lou, just eating bolognese. So. Lu, would you um care to comment on? Could you comment on the recent uh, allegations of your drug ban? No? He couldn't. He, uh, he can't. In a professional capacity, he's unable to. But <laughs> basically, Lu Lao Lu Ah, fuck. Lu has been popped for Epo. We don't know what that is, but all we know is... No shit. Look at, we, the, look at the fucking shape of him. Look at the shape that he was in. Oh, and then he, he, he looked like me. <laughs> yeah, he looked pretty malnourished. Maybe he didn't, have, he didn't have enough EPO, or maybe he had too much EPO. I'm not really sure how it works. But how much EPO is enough EPO? You know, a lot of people are saying, oh, yeah, he's just a fucking scapegoat and all this sort of thing. Um, and the sad reality of all of this is no one will give a fuck that he's been banned. One of our most decorated athletes, he is so, he is 
literally the icon for all weightlifting noises, all the losers in weightlifting that have loved Lu Zhaojun for years and years and years. And the Anters. And the Anters and everything that comes with it. They won't actually give a fuck that he's been banned because their response will be, everyone is on gear, okay? And that's just not, that is not a substantiated argument for this, you know? Still wrong. That winds me up. It's still, it's still very much wrong. You know, the man was on gear. No shit. But now it's confirmed. Cloak off. Gear. Yeah. You know, he was a fucking other one. Um, Ilya Ilin. Gear. This is not changing people's perspective of the sport. And people will, will argue, right? They'll say, well, I tell you what we should do. We should have a, um, a clean Olympics or a clean World Weightlifting Championships. And then we'll have one for drug cheats that, you know, we'll all enjoy to watch because that's more of a spectator sport, right? I've got two arguments for that. The first one being, they've done that in powerlifting and look at the fucking mess of that. No one watches powerlifting. It's a sack of shit. No offense to our powerlifting friends, but it's boring and it's so confusing. It's like a bit like boxing in a way where you have like seven or eight belts and all that bollocks. It's like, it just makes it very difficult for the spectator. Yeah. It doesn't make it spectator friendly. The second thing is, how is that going to work? Because we already have a clean Olympics and a clean world championships or one that we, we want to be clean and it's corrupt as fuck. So what you're going to have is you're going to have people who take more gear, you go into the, the doping one and the clean one, people are still going to cheat to win. Yeah. It's obvious to a fool. It's a shit argument and it, it, it's thrown around far too often and um, it's fucking bullshit as far as I can see. Uh, anyway, here, here, there yeah. we are. Thanks, Lou. Right. Talk about a Christmas roundup, eh? Or a new <laughs> it's becoming quite an angry one. Um, anyway, we've got uh, another thing that Mike has written down, yeah. which is, what's more impressive, a 200 kilo lunge or coaching at the Olympics? I think we should um, approach our performance director for comment on this, because he, he might... Um, he might know about this. He might know about this. So if you didn't know, Stu uh, Martin, he lunged 200 kilos in the training hall in Worlds in um, Bogota recently. So as an athlete who's uh, looking to get into coaching, I uh, read the criteria in the British Weightlifting Handbook of sort of ways to get in. I, I basically want to, my next goal is to be the, um, is to be the head, the head coach at British Weightlifting and the, the coach at the Paris 2024 Olympics. Um, I feel like I've got a plethora of knowledge that I need to impart in part on um, British weightlifting's ideas and, and philosophy. And I, I feel like I can, I can give something to the sport. Yeah. Now, part of that criteria was a 200 kilo lunge. Well, I can confirm. Uh, was it? It's not just reverse lunge at, at any given opportunity. No, it, it, you, in order to be the performance coach, you, you need to 200 kilo lunge. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Yeah. That's probably why we're not seeing many women in, in, in the coaching um, they haven't lunged 200 They kilos. can't lunge 200, and oh. that is one of their main criteria. I see. So, um, Stu, I think what he's doing is because he's, he's uh, rewritten this to accommodate for that, yeah. he's had to then... Prove it. Prove it, yeah, which, oh, he's, okay. which he's done. So, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that clear things up? Yeah, well, what do you think is more impressive? So, obviously, Stu coached Emily to a medal at the last Olympic Games. Um, but he's also just lunged 200 kilos. I, I'm, I'm a bit torn. Was it a reverse lunge? It was a reverse lunge. That is a lot of, that is a, that is a lot of fucking weight for a reverse lunge. 
It's ridiculous. I think I might have done that. My patella would be up my ass by the end of it. <laughs> it's dangerous. I, I get really scared doing a reverse lunge. You've been doing a lot of them now on the, off the back of Stu. Yeah, well, like, like you say, I'm, I also want to get into the coaching setup. I'm, I'm about halfway there, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep training, Stu. So I feel like I've got the 200 kilo lunge. I just haven't got the other attributes that are needed to be a, be a, a coach. So I'm working on the other stuff. Yeah, yeah you've got, you got to work on your Jordan, week. as a collective, weightlifting die, I reckon we got the facilities, we got the minerals. I think, and what we'll do, we'll, we'll put a poll out. We'll put a petition out for both of us to be the head coaches at the next Olympic Games for British weightlifting. We will make some very bold calls. Yep. One thing we guarantee is a spectator friendly coaching setup. What? Where, what does that even mean? <laughs> we're going we're gonna to put weights on the bar that people wouldn't even fucking dream of. Yeah, right? we're there for a party. We? We'll make Stefano calls, okay? So Emily will be there. She needs 165 kilos for a gold medal at the Olympics. But 170 is three reds. But 170 is three reds. And that's what we're putting on. <laughs> and that looks cool. <laughs> she'll understand. Okay? Yeah, she'll, she'll, she'll understand. She'll get it. She okay. knows. So anyway, to round that one off, well done, Stuart, mate. You've, um, you've lunged 200 kilos. And I am beyond impressed. That is fucking incredible. Yeah, um, it's a single leg movement. Most people can't squat that with both of their legs. This man's done it with one of his legs. That's a flex. That is a flex. Mm. I, and I also want to know what's next. You know, are you going to carry on with a two hundred kilo lunge, or are you going to look at more difficult things to do with two hundred kilos? Yeah, you like know, let us know, and we'll let you you guys know. What's his best jerk? Uh, I think he's done two hundred kilos behind the neck. Cool. That's yeah. quite cool, actually. It is cool. The man's got very strong legs. Just trying to think, like, what's, what would my lunge be in comparison to my jerk? It'd be very much down. But at current time, it's probably 70 kilos down on my jerk. Uh, I mean, I can vouch for the fact you can't jerk 170. What? Yeah. Uh, that's not true. I watched you miss a 140 jerk the other day. <laughs> was I hungover? Nope. No. Pissed. <laughs> Pissed. <laughs> well, that makes sense. Okay. We have one thing that we want to round off this podcast with, and it's something very close to our heart. Um, something we appreciate. Um, yeah. So Christmas is the month of giving, and we, as Weightlifting Die, have thought that we haven't done anything um, generous in since we've started the podcast. So Yeah, so it's nothing really generous. We, not, we're not talking about weightlifting content I'm talking about give, actually giving back to someone so in need we've set up two things the first one we are going to be doing a new year's giveaway yep um where you know on instagram you're gonna there's loads of shit that we're gonna give away and all you got to do is like and follow and uh, share and fucking send a link to your dad and all that sort of stuff but the other thing is we were approached by a uh, good friend of ours, as, as you could probably remember from way back when, called Producer Nick. Producer Nick. Um, and he, uh, he left the podcast, uh, God rest his soul. Um, and he's basically set up a company called... Um, Grip, Grip and Rip. Grip and Rip, okay. And basically, he has donated a pair of weightlifting shoes that we would be giving to, um, who would we give them to? A, a child in need. A child in need. So if you know anyone who needs a new pair of weightlifting shoes. Um, and wraps. And knee wraps, maybe wrist wraps, whatever, whatever was left in the shoe. Um, we, we didn't just find it in the gym one day and 
took it. But uh, anyway, um, yeah. We, so if you know a child in need with child size feet, <laughs> yeah. Consider this a uh, collaboration between weightlifting die and grip and rip in giving a pair of shoes and uh, another, uh, you know, loads of other kit um, to a child in need. And not everyone's privileged enough to have shoes. And we really do thank you, Nick, and all the guys at Grip and Rip for donating these shoes to us and us allowing us to use our platform to find the right child in need. Um, and if you do have a child in mind, um, please send over the suggestions. I guess that's how we're going to have to do it. And why your kid might need a pair of weights and shoes. Yeah. Or the kid you know. And, um, you know, we'll announce a lucky winner. And um, I think Nick said he was going to drive there and drop them as well, which is really kind of him. He's a great guy. Um, great, great guy. But, yeah. Uh, with that being said, we... Oh, I think we'll finish off. Uh, Tom did suggest we were going to do a favourite moment of the year or, like, a favourite uh, person of the year or something like, something like that. Um, I'm going to go moment. And for me, it's going to be... It's going to be watching Chris Murray win the Commonwealth Games, stood next to Jordan, half cut, after a, a few days on, on the piss in the summer, and realising that, oh my God, our, our mate Chris Murray has just won the Commonwealth Games, and that was a, was a very special moment for me and Jordan. Not Chris, because, well... I got that written down as my least favourite moment of the year. Oh, really? Yeah, I hated it. <laughs> Very jealous, yeah. actually. No, I just thought, why does he get to do something like that? Um, <laughs> no, that's very sweet, mate. I actually remember it very well. And, um, you know, a lot of uh, the Team England athletes left before the medal ceremony. Um, we stayed. But we stayed to watch him. And we also stayed to see him after his media. And we gritted through um, Jerusalem, the anthem. Oh, it's painful shit. But, but we got through it. We did it for you, Chris. In love of what Chris had achieved, um, you know, which is great. I know we harp on about him. We harped on about, about him a lot in these podcasts. But um, as a year of 2022 and as, as years go, I would say that he has been um, the lifter of the year. Absolutely. In that sense. Certainly this year. This year. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, and this, that's no disrespect to other people who've lifted. And obviously, Emily, you've done incredible things. Um, but on a personal note, Chris, you know, you're our age, first Commonwealth Games, home Commonwealth Games, six for six. Um, Amazing. Gold medal, pretty cool. And uh, he's, he's just got a dog, did you see? No, I, I don't. I don't um, oh, well. Look at that. Well, he's actually called it um, Die, Lord, Lord Die. There we are. That's a fact. Thanks, mate. Um, Thanks, Chris. I assume yeah, that's a good. nice homage to the Weightlifting Die podcast. Yeah, well, I assume he named it after us. Well, he's not, he's not going to know anyone else called Die, is he? He normally knows people you know, by the name of fucking Mountbatten and all that bollocks. <laughs> Farquhar. Um, right, my favourite moment of the year. Um, God, there are quite a few fun times. Tough, isn't it? Um, I've tried, I don't really want to be generic and go for like uh, just like a fun piss-up that I've had in the year. Um, but I will say it was probably the day of the Commonwealth Games that I competed at, which obviously didn't go to plan, but the day I had Belting, it? with literally everyone I could possibly imagine that I wanted to be there was there. And it was so much fun. We found the weather spoons in the NEC um, and just fucking parked the bus there for the day. And it was so special. That, for me... Um, if we can try to find a video 
that'd be cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll put it on. But what it taught me was that, all right, things don't go to plan in your weightlifting. I'm going to try and make this a bit philosophical so that this isn't just a podcast of nonsense. But things don't go to plan in weightlifting. And you need to have, a, you need to find a bit of perspective and, and realize that what life is actually all about. And when I finished weightlifting uh, that day and was greeted by some incredible people and then had a day of being around them, it taught me that it's not the fucking be on end or you've got some, you know, you, there are people, your loved ones around you, like that's the shit that's important. Mm. How much weight you put over your head and the success you do is great. And obviously a lot of people want to leave a legacy in the sport, myself and Mike included. But fuck me, just sometimes you've got to take a step back and, and just think, you know, and, and I suppose this goes back to what we spoke about at the start is like the month of December, you know, you may love to train and you may want to train um, one evening and you may say to your friends, look, I know you've got this lovely thing planned this evening, but I'm going to train instead because I'm all about training, training, training. But sometimes you've got to think your friends are going to be there for you when shit doesn't go right. And it's important to give something back to them and, and enjoy their company and see value in it and fucking, you know, get behind it. Yeah, and especially make an effort in December then, isn't it? Because we spend most of the year well, dedicating ourselves to training a lot of the time. And we, we've missed out on a lot in the four-year cycle. So it's, it's nice to give back to our friends and loved ones, especially in December. But I think more so this year, after the games, we've... We've let our hair down a bit, haven't we? Um, yeah. I'm, we're we're, we're enjoying, enjoying the perks of life a bit more. I'm not giving up on shit this month. And that was, that's what I decided. I'm not passing up on opportunities to do stuff. And, you know, there's a funny moment in uh, December for me where uh, it was the 22nd of December. We'd obviously had a lot of, um, a lot of pretty mad uh, piss-ups. And I was feeling really run down. There's been this virus and bug going around. And I was very unwell. And um, I messaged Tom, my good friend, the Riddler. <laughs> and we had this mums and sons do planned where myself, Tom, and our good friend Jonesy um, were bringing our mums to a, um, a piss up in Cardiff. And it was a lovely thing that we had planned and we were looking forward to it very much. And I said to him, look, mate, I'm just feeling really unwell. I, 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 can't, I can't be doing it. And we had a big row. He said some horrible things. Um, said some really nasty things to me. Um, and I reluctantly went out. You know, I'm not, I wasn't, I, I was gonna drive, um, you know. I'm, I'm, all right, I'll go. I won't drink because I'm feeling very unwell. And then, turned around on the M4, parked my car at Newport Station and got a training and got absolutely shit-faced. We ended up getting filled in by about seven or eight bouncers in front of our family. And I guess the moral of the story of that is, when you think about saying no, think of what you might be missing. Okay? Yeah. Or, or is the moral, don't slap a bouncer on the head? Uh, he, he, he brought it on himself. He provoked it. He, pro yeah. he provoked it. And, um, you know, one more thing that I do want to talk about before we end... Yeah, this show something I've probably been wanting to talk about um, all week and thought today's a good day it's Friday we're recording yeah. is um, I've been uh, obviously through a lot of ups and downs in the hobby that I've been doing and it's been very difficult been a difficult time mm. um, and I get n nothing more than the buzz of of you know, going up there and going against someone and trying to beat them. And I've lost and um, 
you've dedicated how many years of your life to it? A long time. Yeah, over 10 years. And um, I think this, the straw that broke the camel's back for me was... Where, I'm, I'm, I'm throwing the towel in, right? And the, the straw that broke the camel's back to me was when I, when I threw that dart and it didn't hit the double 20, I realized that I've got to retire from darts. Yeah. I've got to get out of this game. It, it's tough. I, I don't blame you, mate. I really don't. We played, we played a game the other day and it was probably my last game. It, it was tough. Um, it was Boxing Day. There was a man, he, he challenged us. Jordan Peake's dad. He was a very, he's a very talented darts player and he really he put us in his place, didn't he? And that's why I'm retiring from darts. And on that note, thank you for listening to episode 13 of Weightlifting Die. Um, we've enjoyed this journey, enjoyed this roller coaster, and we will play you out with the intro. We'll see you next week. Uh, thank you also to the Riddler for being here with us today. Uh, he's a fucking good man. He's going to be with us every week to give us a new riddle. Happy New Year. 60% of the time, it works every time. Works out of the PB gym in Cardiff. Familiar with that one? Tonight at 11. Doom! Prestige worldwide. Prestige worldwide. Prestige worldwide. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I piss excellent. Wow, 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 he's a very nice. Surprise, motherfucker. Jordan Sackers, you've got to make the next one.